0: Welcome back to the Is For Podcast, For each week here at Danger and Sarge we like to break down a different letter of the alphabet, and assign the topic, and uh, discuss. So I am Danger.
1: I am Sarge.
0: And you are Baby G, Mr. G.
1: You know what? Baby Ms- G, Mr. G, G Gator, let's Baby call Gator. Him, let's call him Mr. G.
2: Mr. G. I like that. <laughs>
0: I, I, when, I, when I hear Mr. G, when I hear yeah, Mr. G, Mr. I think G. like Mr. E. Like,
1: i
2: Mister mean, um, D. Mister E. Mister J. Mister G. Mister G. I'll
1: and go with Mr. that. Mister G. Mister Mr. Mr. All right. So
0: for Q, and right, as, as as uh, Luke was Mr. telling me earlier, I have completely screwed up the way the alphabet works because <laughs> I'm going to be talking about Quentin Tarantino, and usually you would talk about you would it would be T
1: for Tarantino, but you know what? It's our rules. I'm making them up. It's our rules and there's never a bad reason to talk about Quentin Tarantino.
2: Well, let, let let's let's just do it the army way. Everyone's is a last name. Your last name is always first in in, in the army. So there you go. Let's do library. it army style. Well, but we're going
1: Quentin Q Tarantino, right? Tarantino.
2: right? Yeah. Okay, and I had Quentin. that backwards. Yeah. We're
1: going Quentin. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino, which is the problem, but that's fine.
2: <laughs> it's you know, I'm and still are- I'm still recovering from this weekend. That's
0: all. It is. Yeah, I, uh, I, there was a lot of things to move this weekend. Um, so we are not going to talk about all of Quentin's things. I'm going to refer to him as Quentin instead of Mr. Tarantino as often as I can, just to drive home the cue part of things here. But uh, we are going to talk about not all of Quentin's things, but up to not the movie Jackie Brown, but the time period, the time period of Jackie Brown. So there was a lot of things that. It happened um, for Tarantino or Quentin. Sorry, <laughs> there was a lot of things that happened for Quentin up into um, Jackie Brown and there afterwards. So, starting with what is the first movie that we're going to talk about in Tarantino's Quentin's <laughs> repertoire?
2: This is really going to throw us all off oh, yeah. rhythm. We're just going to yeah. call him Quentin Tarantino. Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah, just okay. say the whole thing.
2: Yeah, just say it it's, okay. it's a mouthful. It's 97 letters long, but we're just going to say it. It is a
0: lot of letters. It's a lot it of is. letters. Like He has a lot of forehead. I mean, it's, it's a lot of letters. So anyway, Quentin you, Tarantino. What?
1: I was going to say, what do you think is longer? The space between his nose and his scalp or the amount of the lines of cocaine that he does before he directs films?
0: Oh, he quit doing cocaine some time ago, from what I understand. Well, okay.
2: I mean, Uh, did you see That shit was slow.
1: Okay, that's true. That's true.
2: I mean, Quentin Tarantino's got a forehead. FFA uses an emergency landing zone. Okay, it's probably (laughs) an
0: accurate statement. It's that's that's a hell of a forehead, and I hate it because that's all I can see when I look at him, and it's just an angry forehead talking about violence and the n-word. That's 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 all I hear.
1: So anyway. but that none of that really comes up too much in the first film that we're going to discuss. No, actually, it doesn't.
0: Because What's the, the first film, film we're actually going to the first film that we're actually going to discuss is that Tarantino received his first paid writing assignment in the early 1990s, and the best I could put it was actually 91 when Robert Kurtzman hired him to write the script from for from du- dusk till dawn. So he actually started writing that before he ever did. 1992's neo-noir crime thriller Reservoir Dogs. So, yeah. So if we're going to talk about his first movie from Dust Till Dawn, but he didn't direct the movie. He was a producer and he acted in it as we'll get to it some at,
2: Okay, at I point. was a little confused. But, I thought I thought your original question was what was the first movie you've ever seen with Quentin Tarantino in it? And for oh, me, I was going to say Desperado. Um, well, that's not actually his movie either. He was I, just well, in I, it. I said, that's why I said, I thought you said in
1: it. Yeah. Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez go back quite a bit. They've been really good friends. And from, from dust till dawn is, uh, incredible. It's such a good (laughs) movie. It's, it's almost like two movies and I don't want to spoil it. If anybody's never seen it, but about halfway through the movie, it changes into a different movie entirely.
0: Well, it's like from dusk till dawn was a heist movie that fell into being a vampire movie. Like it just—it was. Oops, it's a vampire movie now.
1: Okay, I'm, so we're not going to spoil it. That's fine. Well, it's over oh, you know twenty what? years old. Haven't
2: seen it, yeah, it's over twenty years old at this point. Spoiler we, alerts. We haven't five. given
0: any. We haven't given any rule yet on this thing about what a spoiler like when the, uh, the spoiler alert has to go away or can when can True. it go away? <laughs> and I'm going to say twenty years. Twenty years of a movie. If you haven't seen the movie after twenty yeah.
2: years. You're you're stupid. I'm i gonna say so, six months. No, I wouldn't say six. I'm
1: months. gonna say six, six months. months. No, it's yeah, not six months. Is still.
2: New. We no, live in a uh, shut-in world. Six months is not
1: new. So so Casey and we can cut this out if we need to, but I just want to clarify because I'm I'm a you know I'm a movie guy and I was kind of looking here. It looks like he wrote, uh. He wrote Reservoir Dogs, True Romance, Pulp Fiction, Natural Born Killers, all before he wrote the screenplay from, from Till Dawn.
0: Well, he was actually uh given the fur th- the first thing he was given was the paid writing assignment from for from Till Dawn. So he actually oh. started on it early. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: I got you. That's okay. That's just cool. where we're
0: starting. But then Very in nineteen ninety two, Reservoir Dogs, which he wrote, directed, and acted in as Mr. Brown. Um which, if I remember correctly, he got shot in that big forehead. Um, and it was actually screened at Sundance Film Festival, which there's actually not a lot of people that have screened their first movie at Sundance, and it blows up. There have been a few, like him and Kevin Smith, um, you know. but their first big movie. Um, it was an immediate hit, receiving positive response from critics. The dialogue-driven heist film set the tone for Tarantino's later films, which all of his films are very dialogue-rich and dialogue-driven which I think is what really set that movie apart. I mean, it's a heist film completely driven by dialogue, and you never actually see the heist, which to me is an incredible concept in itself, a heist movie that you don't see it. I think it's great. That's Um, true. I
1: I never thought about it that way, but you're exactly right. Dude, That's sort of, you see the, the planning stages, you see the aftermath, but you don't actually see the actual heist. You're right.
0: see like, right after they're running down the street. Um, I believe you see them pulling up to the jewelry store, but you don't actually see it go down. You don't actually see what went wrong. And Mm -hmm. the entire movie is about it went wrong, but they never tell you or show you exactly what happened. You just see how it goes horribly wrong afterwards. So, Hmm. so anyway, um, the script, um, was written in three and a half weeks and, um, Oh, I lost his name. Uh, Bender is one of his uh, producers that he brings along for a lot of things. Uh, Bender forwarded it to Helen or um, Monte Hellman. Um, Hellman helped Tarantino secure funding from Richard Gladstein at Live Entertainment, which later became Artisan and now known as Lionsgate. Um, also gave the script to Harvey Keitel, who read the script and contributed to the budget. Having a name like Harvey Keitel attached to getting funding for something really helped kind of catapult it into legitimacy especially
1: back in those days for sure. Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah. You had to have somebody's name to go along with it. When you had somebody of notoriety in any situation really, but in this situation, it really helped to kind of push that,
1: push that forward. And what's funny is now looking back on reservoir dogs, it's almost like star studded, like a lot of his films, like Steve Buscemi and, um, Mm. uh, Oh gosh, I'm blanking on the name now. Michael uh, Madsen, Madsen, Harvey, Harvey,
2: Harvey Keitel. Yes. Harvey Keitel.
0: So Tarantino began working at video archives as a video store there in um, in California. Surprise, surprise, that he worked in a video store. Um, And he was actually planning on shooting it with his friends on a thirty thousand dollar budget on a sixteen millimeter black and white camera. Um, Lawrence Bender. Sorry, I I didn't catch his first name before, but Lawrence Bender. was also a friend of his and was producer on it, was going to play a police officer in it. But once Keitel got a hold of the script, because um, Bender gave it to his acting teacher and uh, whose wife gave it to Harvey Keitel and so forth, um, and that's when it really started to gain a lot of steam, and then that's where um, Keitel actually helped, um, hold, helped fund um, casting calls in New York, and that's where they found Steve Buscemi, Michael Madsen, uh, and Tim Roth.
1: Tim Roth. And that's
0: so, the other one. I yeah. like Tim yeah. Roth. So, what's yeah? Uh, so, once those names were attached to it? It was pretty much a go. I mean, there mm. was no slowing it down. I mean, it'd be really hard to have names like that attached to it. Which I think it's funny that Michael Madsen. This was his first movie. He wasn't. He was considered a Tarantino actor, but he wasn't in another Tarantino movie until Kill Bill Part Two. And he yeah, was considered
1: a Tarantino actor almost right away. He, and, and he just kind of fits the bill of that, yeah. that Tarantino archetype, which obviously in the first three films, it doesn't quite give you the full spectrum of that, you know, moving forward, like into films like inglorious bastards and Django, but um, I don't
0: think you, he was an in *Inglorious bastard.
1: Was he? No, 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 he wasn't. He wasn't, okay. but I'm just saying like, it only took a couple films by Tarantino to already get the vibe of what a Tarantino
0: (laughs) cast member
1: would be. yeah.
0: Which actually, one of the things I'm going to bring up in a minute, but I guess I'll talk about it now. So um, one of the things that Tarantino likes to do is write each of his movies a little bit differently. So you end up laughing at different parts, and usually parts that really aren't that funny. But you're already submerged into what a Tarantino movie is, and so you're seeing humor from a different perspective. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, which i think is interesting that he's able to he's been able to create this this whole thing around what a tarantino movie is and you sit on and watch it and you immediately go into that mindset of tarantino sorry quentin 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 <laughs> quentin.
1: quentin and to your point his movies are incredibly funny and oh, yeah. none of them are quote unquote comedies but mm-hmm. the dialogue the the performances they always elicit at least a little bit of comedy. Even in dark moments, that's it's still comedic. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, and I think actually Tim Roth is one of the least um I don't know, he doesn't get enough notoriety for what he can do as an actor. And Tarantino's given him plenty of chances and he's just not quite grabbed a hold
2: of that. Well you know, gotten the the star power or recognition. I'm not a big Quentin Tarantino movie fan, right? I, Yikes. Do, I I do enjoy I did like like Django, right? Reservoir Dogs. You know, those have got some real iconic scenes in there that I truly enjoy. Hateful Eight. I watched maybe the first 30 minutes of the movie and I was like, I can't do this. I get I I watched the I watched the first Kill Bill and I was like eh. I'll give the second a try. And then it's like the second comes and I'm like, no, no.
0: So. Okay. You know, that's, that's one man's opinion and his opinion is wrong. Um, you
1: yeah. Know. That's uh, everybody's yeah. entitled to their, opinion. you're <laughs> entitled to be incorrect, but that's, I, I hate to hear that Stephen. I really do. You know, it's, I, uh, and the thing I could
0: say about, uh, Kill Bill and Hateful Eight, which I don't want to get too far into those because we're right, you know, right. We'll say that for part two. Uh, maybe we'll pick T for Tarantino instead of Q for Quentin. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean those movies. Uh, he does, you know, he's always done a um, non-linear storytelling, and so those movies are, you know, they I want to say suffer from that, but they don't because it, it's done really well but you know the first and last half of the movies are two well kill bell one and two which is really supposed to be one movie um are very different movies and the same thing for hateful eight the first and half of the movies first and last half of the movies are two different movies um i believe hateful eight got released into four parts on the netflix um and also got re-released in black and white which i wanted to sit on a watch but i never did
1: but so that's what I was going to say. And again, I know we don't really want to get into Hateful Eight necessarily, but um, I actually really enjoyed the film. I, I watched it a I few did times, think- but then it when- once, but- okay. So I, I, I watched it twice and then I watched the, the Netflix four part extended version.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the one that I watched. I didn't see the. Um, I forget what was the original, how long was the original?
1: The original was about three and a half hours long. And then the Netflix version was closer to about four and watching it episodically, like in four kind of equal bits, I feel like worked a lot better. Um, It, it, you didn't have to watch it all in one sitting. I think trying to watch Three and a half to four hours in one sitting is tough. Um, for Stephen, yeah. it
0: was just for Stephen. It was called Hateful Eight Hundred Minutes.
1: The, the The movie it
2: had some of some of my favorite actors in there. Samuel L. Jackson. Um, uh, I always mess this one up. Kurt. Uh,
1: Easy now, Kurt Russell. He's one yes. of my favorite actors. Yes, <laughs> but we're not going to get into act. that.
2: What's that? He's a great actor. He is a great actor. You know, it had some of my favorite actors in it, but I just couldn't get behind the, like the slowness of the
1: movie. It is, it is slow, even for a Tarantino dialogue driven kind of film. It is slow even for that. Yeah.
2: You know, I, I I enjoyed some of, some of Quentin Tarantino's. I want to see his full name. Quentin Tarantino's movies. Quentin Tarantino. But i mean, after a while, they're just rinse and repeat.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't say that.
2: Well, I mean, how did how did how, how did Kill Bill end up? No matter what happened, no matter Wait. how many times it's over twenty years old. Shut up.
1: Well, it's also in the title.
2: Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know how it's gonna end, and no matter how often the 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 lead protagonist is put in a life or death situation, always comes out on top. Always comes out on top. Yeah.
0: How about so? Tarantino's screenplay for True Romance was optioned, and the film was eventually released in 1993. The second script that Tarantino sold was the for the film Natural Born Killers, which was revised by Dave Voles, Richard Rutowski, and director Oliver Stone. Tarantino was given story credit and stated, and stated in stated an interview that he wished the film well, but later disowned the final film. In the tell-all book, uh, Killer Instinct by Jane Hampshire, who, with Don Murphy, had an original option on the screenplay and produced the film, led uh, led to Tarantino physically assaulting Murphy, and Murphy at the Ago restaurant in West Hollywood, California, in October 1997. Murphy subsequently filed a $5 million lawsuit against Tarantino. The case ended with the judge ordering Tarantino to pay Murphy $450. So we go from five million to a four hundred fifty dollars payout. Close. Uh, he was also He was also an uncredited screenwriter on both *Crimson Tide* and *The Rock*. You know, the submarine movie, and then the Michael Bay uh, vehicle with Sean Connery
1: <laughs> and Nick Cage. I've never seen either one of those.
0: Now *The Rock*. I am not a Michael Bay fan, but uh, mm-hmm. *The Rock*. I mean, it's hard at that point in, in Nicholas Cage's career, it was hard for him to do no wrong. And, uh, Nicholas Cage Sean Connery with Michael Bay. It was an entertaining movie. It wasn't a sure. great movie. I don't think it deserved any awards besides, um, number of explosions in a minute, but that's any <laughs> yeah. Michael Bay movie. Um, but yeah. So anyway, I think it's hilarious that the, uh, uh, a, um, natural born killers, uh, the screenplay had a hidden story within it that, that he assaulted somebody in public at a restaurant in Hollywood. And then also the lawsuit dropped from $5 million payout to $450. I want to know what the steps were in the judge's mind to take it from 5 million to
2: a $450. Payout. <laughs> lots of subtraction, lots of subtraction.
1: <laughs> he agreed. Natural born killers was not as good as it should have been. <laughs> no, it
2: was not. I mean,
0: it was it was a movie. I, there was a lot more hype around that movie than uh, than what it actually came out to be. I would have liked to see Tarantino's actual Natural Born Killers.
1: Yeah, uh, that's one of those that I heard was really good a lot, and by the time I got around to seeing it, it didn't live up to the hype. And I and I've revisited it a few times, and I, I agree. I think if there was a like an unedited version, like the like an extended cut or something,
0: um, like a Snyder cut of Justice League. You know, if Taron, if the, the, the Quentin cut, the Quentin
2: cut. I like mm. that. It
1: has a good yeah. ring to it. Yeah, I know. I
2: said it. I know. <laughs> oh, let's not get full of yourself. there, your bad beard. I like yeah. that. Uh, bad beard. Yeah. I mean, I think the, it's a, the solid beard. <laughs> it's a fine
0: beard. I'm actually pretty happy with the way the beards look at these days. So yeah. Yeah. If you want to, you want to talk about my beard. Talk to the lady; she'll fight you about it.
1: It's okay. I'll fight her. Yeah, don't punch my woman. I'm not gonna. Whoa, whoa! This just Demon. took a wrong turn, bud. Even yeah. fighting ladies since
2: 2021. <laughs> 1982. <laughs> I got some years. Yeah, oh. I got got some years of
0: uh, of of lady punching. I, uh, yeah, yeah.
2: We'll cut all, all this right. out. I'm gonna. No, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> this is evidence. This is
0: the best part. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get Lauren to make you. I'm gonna get Lauren to make you a shirt that says "Lady Punchin since '82."
2: Uh, you know what? I'll wear it. I know you will. Man.
0: So, all right. Actually, maybe uh, "Lady Punchin with the Finest Fanny Pack since '82." Yeah. <laughs> Ooh.
2: Uh,
0: yeah. Following the success of Reservoir Dogs, Tarantino was approached by Hollywood and offered numerous projects, including Speed and Men in Black. He instead retreated to Amsterdam to work on a script for Pulp
1: Fiction. What would Speed and Men in Black be like if Tarantino got a hold of them? A lot I of cussing. Would love a Tarantino Men in Black. Same oh, cast. Same cast. Keep Will Smith. Keep Tommy Lee Jones. I want to see them directed by by Tarantino. I love it. I,
2: yeah, I, I
0: just I can't wrap my head around a Men in Black, a Tarantino Men in Black. But I want to see Tarantino or I wanna see Tarantino direct Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Oof. Cause I mean, I, I would have loved to see a Quentin speed. Quentin Tarantino's speed. Like the movie was bad enough already. I don't so, know.
1: Uh, just imagine Keanu Reeves on a speeding bus giving a nine-minute monologue with Tarantino dialogue. The bus would crash itself on purpose.
0: Yeah, the the the, the uh, terrorist watching would have just been like, all right, you know what? I'm done with this and blow it Never up. Never mind. Give me the button. Yeah, just I, I think maybe Sandra Bullock would have just grabbed the button herself. You know, and just <laughs> set it off.
2: <laughs> so, this bus yeah, is just, stopping. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this movie is no longer called Speed. It's called Done. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. A Speed and Men in Black done by Quentin Tarantino to me would have been hysterical. So. Tarantino wrote, directed, and acted in the Black Comedy Crime film, which is the only time comedy was actually associated with the title of any of his movies, because it was a Black comedy. I mean, it had some very darkly funny moments in it. I mean, to to laugh at a man being shot in the face in the backseat of a car, and then it be played for laughs afterwards or like it was an accident and blah blah and then to see the killers you know have a funny moment of having to change out of their clothes and stand in the only clothes that were available to them two short short gym shorts and t-shirts i mean the whole thing is such a messed up situation and it's even more messed up that we laughed at it the whole
1: time while they're sitting there drinking some of that gourmet shit yeah yeah
0: <laughs> which I to this day don't think I can look at a uh, a quarter pounder with cheese without thinking,
1: oh wow,
0: hell, it just left me. Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. Yeah, Royale with cheese. And uh, I can't. You don't tell know you, what you're getting. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've uh, I've said to Lauren, "You never give another man's lady a foot rub," <laughs> which you know, I'm not using the verbiage that was
2: used. To- <laughs> yeah, let's right, not. Right. Let's not. Yeah. So, so- mean, that movie there, like that like that movie there was one of those, was one of those movies. So the movie they're referencing for people in case it wasn't said was Pulp Fiction, right? For those people yes, who Pulp don't Fiction. know, it's Pulp Fiction. Now that Quentin movie Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction. Quentin Pulp Fiction. Okay. Go okay. On. So anyway, yeah, like there's so much that happened in that movie that I watched when I was younger. As I watched it again, Older, I watched like all the behind the scenes that I could find of it. Like the needle jab was done in reverse. Yes. Right? And that the, made the one, the one of her on the floor. Yes. Right, yeah. Yeah. So that they, they had paramedics come in and do the needle correctly and all and all Vincent had to do, which was um oh hell, what's that actor's name? Help me out. John Travolta, John Travolta had to do was grab and pull it out. Right, you know, great movie. That was just so much of that. The ending of it, super weird. Bruce Willis was in it, which is the only reason why I watched the movie to begin with. But, oh, you know. which
0: I think it's funny that uh, his second theatrical release. I mean, I'm sure that every other every other director he had little small film, little small films that he made beforehand. But I think it's funny that his second major theatrical release was actually uh, given credit for John Travolta's comeback because he yeah, faded was, away as an actor.
1: Yeah. And, and that started a trend with Tarantino of not necessarily um, trying to take actors who were past their prime, but almost casting against type and, right. um, trying to to get an actor to play a part that was not in their wheelhouse and kind of pushing them into uncomfortable territory. and Travolta is a perfect example of just nailing it, just knocking out of out of the park.
0: yeah, and it says a lot for for Quentin to be able to. To see that in people, because he usually pulls some really great performances out of those actors that are not known for doing those. Types well, of roles. exactly.
2: I mean, look at look at look at David Carradine. He is mostly known as being the wandering monk and doing nothing mm-hmm. but good. And then all of a sudden, he's in this movie after a, a screen hiatus. I don't know how long was it. I don't forget how long it was. But I mean, he's in this movie as the villain. Yeah. I mean, and you didn't even realize it till you actually saw his face and you're like, no. But he played it so well. And he did.
0: Uh, David something did something in that movie that I've only ever seen one other actor, Kevin Spacey, do in a movie where they're given a very short screen time compared to the rest of the movie and completely owned their part. Like that whole scene in Kill Bill where he's... Making the sandwich and talking, he completely owned that part. Oh yeah, was one of those things. The first time I watched it, I sat there just staring at
1: it and going, "Uh huh, uh huh." I know you're bad, and I'm not supposed to like you, but I like you. <laughs> well, again, that's that's just a Tarantino trope. I mean, that is right. b- verbatim. Like, for example, whether you you love um, John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson in Pulp Fiction as good guys or bad guys or just the people you're following. When they're sitting there with that gun in that apartment threatening to shoot people, they're kind of the bad guys. But you are hanging on every word they say. It's just, yeah. I mean, it's tense. It's funny. And the he gets performances out of actors, even great actors that are above their normal level.
2: Well, it's like oh, yeah. it's, it's one of those low key agree with the villain things. It's like, you know what? Yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. If I had to keep repeating mm-hmm. myself, I'd shoot somebody too. <laughs> Say what again. Well, I think it just really
0: goes to show like how how well he writes characters and how much he puts into them. And you know, I know that Spike Lee actually um, actually approached him about his use of violence in the N-word in movies, and he was like, I have a right to write any character the way that I want. I have a right to write them the way that I would want them to be. And you know what? Everybody else should shut up because he's a hell of a dialogue perfectionist. I mean, really, I mean, the guy just perfects dialogue in movies. The only other person I can think that probably does the same thing is maybe Aaron Sorkin, but he's just better at the rhythm of dialogue.
1: And and I don't want to get down this road because I don't think this is what we want to talk about necessarily, but it's interesting to think about when those films were made and some of the dialogue and some of the things that come out of some characters mouths. Um, If uh, Pulp Fiction is a great example, Um, it has, it's, it's got an incredible high rating on IMDb. It's considered one of the greatest films of all time. Um, Some of the dialogue in that film is very problematic by today's standards. And if it came out today, I wonder if, Oh God, no. I wonder if people would focus on the language and the violence and absolutely all of that, and, and we would miss out on this great film. Now, I'm not saying uh, like I'm cool with that kind of language, but it, I am cool with a character in a film using that type of language to get their character across. Well, I mean, think, think about, about, works, think about Django. Yeah.
2: I mean, yes. I mean th- th- think about Django, right? Uh, I watched the behind the scenes making of that. And it was it was they were they were all talking about it and Samuel L. Jackson was talking about how working with Leonardo DiCaprio in it, you know, he had a hard time busting out that N-word all the time. Mm-hmm. And Samuel L. Jackson was like, This is just a day
1: in our lives. Just yeah. do the part, get your cast for, and go. Right. Yeah. It's just a part. It's just acting. It's not. Nobody thinks DiCaprio is a racist because he uses particular language in a film role. Like that's. No. But I I can't help but wonder in today's climate of cancel culture and stuff, how a uh, um, because I mean Tarantino's still making films. He's still putting stuff out.
0: Right. But which he said like his tenth movie is going to be his last one.
1: He said that. Um, he's also yeah. said he might not make a tenth one. Uh, yeah, we'll
0: see. Which I mean, you know, if we're going to talk about the language that he uses in movies and how it goes over now, just look at "Hateful Eight and "Once Upon a Time in Hollywood." Those words and things were still used, not quite at the frequency, but right. you know, and the and the question came up during it. Um, you know, why do you use this movie? So I feel like the uh, the fire got thrown more at him than you know the movie, but right whatever so um so Pulp Fiction came out in 94 maintaining the art of violence uh which he's known for as well as his non-linear storylines which I feel like those two things that was the first movie that he really became known for doing that in um Tarantino received the Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay which he shared with Robert or Roger Avery um who contributed to the story he also received a nomination for Best Director Category the film received five other nominations, including Best Picture. Um, he won the Palme d'Or, I guess, Palme d'Or, whatever, <laughs> I don't know how you pronounce it, um, at the 1994 Cannes Film Festival. The film grossed over $200 million and many Ooh. positive reviews. That's putting it mildly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, like you said, Gone Down is one of the best movies of all time.
1: I'm curious to know, and I'm looking it up now. Okay. All right. Okay. I was going to say, what movie could have possibly beat Pulp Fiction for Film of the Year in 1994? Do you know what it was? Titanic. Um, What would you say?
2: I said Titanic.
1: Titanic, Force Cup. Uh,
0: Titanic was 98, if I remember. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs>
1: Schindler's List.
2: Okay. Uh, okay.
1: Uh, you know what? That's- I can... I'll allow it. That's considered a pretty good yeah. movie, too. <laughs>
0: Lynch, did you know that Spielberg was actually shooting Schindler's List and Jurassic Park at the same time? And he actually didn't receive any money from Schindler's List because he said it would be taking blood money.
2: Well, I mean, oh, yeah, I watch, is, I like, watch cool. Schindler's List with my grandfather and my grandmother. You know, they have their own history behind all that. And that was yeah. like, that was a hard watch with them. Like, I can watch it now that they've that they've passed. But it's yeah. still, I mean, it's just, like, that was a hard watch for them. I'm, I'm sure.
1: I, but anyway, yeah, let's, probably, uh, let's get back on Quentin Tarantino happier times. Yeah, I was going to say, I probably shouldn't even say this, but I've never even seen.
2: It's, even a, it's, a, it's okay, yeah, you, you, you Quentin, fucking uncultured. Our
1: boy Quentin.
0: If you don't see it, you're not missing anything, but it's worth a watch. In 1995, (laughs) Quentin Tarantino participated in the anthology film Four Rooms. Have you ever seen Four Rooms? Either one of you. No.
1: I tried so hard to sit through this. And I I tried the same. Woo! So Uh, I'm going to... Being a Quentin Tarantino fan, I wanted to be like, yeah, I've seen all his films, and... I want to say I made it almost all the way through it, and just I, it's it's ridiculous. So, it's not terrible. It's just wacky. All
2: right, yeah. so so I'm going to answer qu- your guys's future questions. If it is a film that transpired between 2003 and 2012, you could probably guarantee I didn't see it in that time frame. So this is 1995. Okay, I, I was living in Turkey in 1995. Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Well, of course you didn't. That's why I'm not. you well, know. Well, Turkey has televisions, okay? It does. I'm pretty sure the movie came out in Turkey.
0: I don't know. Don't watch Four it's, a, it's <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't a matter. Yeah, you don't you didn't miss it. nothing. I actually That's don't really consider it one of his movies because- Me neither. Um, collaboration included uh, Robert Rodriguez, Alison Anders, and Alexandre Rockwell. Tarantino directed and acted in the fourth installment of uh, The Man from Hollywood. It was a tribute to Alfred Hitchcock Presents um, episode Man from the South. He reteamed with Rod- Robert Rodriguez later in the year with a supporting role in Desperado, which was your first movie there, ol' Sarge, uh, while in the 1996 film From Dusk to Dawn. So it took from 91 to 96 to actually get made. Um, it was finally released with Rodriguez directing and Tarantino starring alongside Keitel. George Clooney, Juliet Lewis. His third feature film was Jackie Brown. Have either one of you seen
2: Jackie Brown?
1: Absolutely. Bits and pieces.
2: Not, not enough to speak on it with a hundred percent certainty of how it was supposed to be, but I've seen bits and pieces of it.
1: So that's, that's another one of those films that I've gone back and revisited several times to try and, to, to try and like more. Um, It's not a bad film. It's very well made. Uh, it's it's very similar to Tarantino. A lot of dialogue, a lot of heist stuff. Um, again, some cool some cool uh, performances like yeah. De Niro and Chris Tucker and and but to me, out of all of them, that's it's the that's least probably the,
0: Yeah, which if I remember correctly, I saw an interview with uh, Mr. Quentin Tarantino because I'm not just going to call him Tarantino anymore. Um, <laughs> Uh, where he actually said it was his least favorite movie and it was the one that he didn't it was the only movie that he didn't write and direct i mean it was actually I adapted from it was adapted it was adapted from uh elmore leonard's novel rum punch an homage and it was an homage to exploitation films it starred pam greer which she was actually mm-hmm. it was the first time she got in a lead role since her exploitation films mm-hmm. um and uh, it was called a comeback for Greer and uh, her co-star Robert Foster. Do you know who else was in Jack or uh, Jackie Brown? Pick me! Pick me!
2: Okay, Stephen, Samuel Jackson, Bridget Fonda, Michael Keaton, Robert De Niro, Chris Tucker, Lisa Gay Hamilton, Tom Lister Jr. Well, um, you want me keep going to IMDb? That is some
1: okay. fantastic IMDb.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I'm really going for the uh, the Michael Keaton part of things, which yeah. I, I love some Michael Keaton. like He was my favorite <laughs> yeah. Batman, and mm-hmm. I, I think he's a great in all the movies. But in my research, I found that while Jackie Brown was in production, Universal Studios re- was preparing production on Out of Sight, a movie by Steven Soderbergh, also an adaptation of the same novel. And it was to uh, also feature the character Ray Nicolet that was Michael Keaton's character. Oh, it wow. um, wasn't,
2: wasn't out of sight with George Clooney and Jennifer
0: right. Holtness? Yeah. Okay. Um, but it was an adaptation of the same book, which I've never actually seen out of sight. I'd like to watch it now that I've I'd like it I'd like to together. watch them
1: back to back. <laughs> yeah.
0: So they were waiting to see who Tarantino would cast uh, for the role. Michael Keaton was hesitant to take the part of uh, Ray Nicolette, even though he wanted him for it. Um, Keaton subsequently agreed to play Nicolette again in Out of Sight, uncredited, appearing in one brief scene. Although the legal rights to the character were held by Miramax and Tarantino as Jackie Brown had been produced first, Tarantino insisted that the studio not not charge Universal for using the same character in Out of Sight, allowing the character's appearance without Miramax receiving financial compensation. That, to me, is awesome, because Tarantino said okay, so these other people are making another adaptation of this same thing, and this character is also in there, but I own the character. You can use him, but we're not going to get any right, any financial gains from it, and neither are you. And I think that's awesome because he could have just been a complete and total Richard and been like, nope, nope, you got to figure it out yourself. I
1: had no idea. I don't even think I had heard of that movie before.
0: Out of sight? Out of sight.
1: Yeah, I don't even yeah. remember hearing about that. I remember when
0: it came out. I mean, I remember it, um, you know, being made. I remember the movie poster for it and all that. Um, but I mean, it obviously didn't really make a big, yeah, a big thing. Which I'm sure that his buddy, you know, George Clooney being in it didn't really uh, hurt too much as far as him willing to let them borrow the character, if you will. So right, all right. So yeah. here we are Before, on the well,
2: tail end. Real, 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 real quick and i i hate to do this i know we're talking about quentin tarantino and the quentin tarantino films right but yeah. i was looking up you know uh, like michael keaton was in jackie brown right so yeah. I, I clicked on michael keaton and it comes up and in the 2022 movie the flash michael keaton will reprise his role as batman
0: Yes, because it's going to deal with uh, time travel and whatnot, and um, it's going to actually cross a couple Batmans from what I know.
2: Yeah, so far,
0: so far, I'm seeing two, the Ben
2: Affleck Batman and the Michael
1: Mm -hmm. Keaton Batman.
0: Yep, so So, we're going to see Keaton Batman again, which I'm really excited
2: about. I'm pretty pumped.
1: Hey, want to know something really, like, this is completely trivial, but uh, (laughs) just happened to look up Out of Sight, doing a little digging on that? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. A, I wouldn't call him a Tarantino actor, but someone who has worked with Tarantino before happens to be an out of sight. George Clinton. Oh No, Clinton. a one, Mr. Ving Rames. Oh, uh, yes. I forgot he was from in there. From
0: Pulp Fiction. Yes. yes.
2: Was he in any other uh, Clinton movie? Ving Rames? Yeah. I know he was in some Roger Rodriguez's. Rod- George yeah. Romero.
1: Yeah, I don't. I think so. I'll I'll do a quick search.
0: Okay, so to tidy up this era of Mr. Quentin's life, in 1998, Tarantino made his major Broadway stage debut as an um, amoral psycho killer in the revival of the 1996 Wait Until Dark, which received unfavorable reviews from critics, but his star power ensured nearly a sold-out production for its limited 16-week Broadway run. In December 1999, Tarantino was attached to f- uh film adaptation of Iron Man for New Line Cinema. Could you imagine
2: a Tarantino Iron Man? That would be awesome. As long as Robert Downey Jr. was still playing Iron Man, I'd see it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, not that there was a lot of bright spots in Natural Born Killers, but Robert Downey Jr. was definitely one of them. Well, um, I mean...
0: Samuel Jackson is one of his go to guys, and he was all over some. Well, actually, he wasn't really in Iron Man until the post credit scene, but still.
1: True.
2: But. That would been cool. I, I, to, to me, it's like it's like Ving Rames is the Lawrence Fishburne of, of, of actors, right? Keanu Reeves is getting Lawrence Fishburne's freaking roles. Lawrence Fishburne's getting Keanu Reeves' roles. I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they did at some point. I'd love to see Samuel L. Jackson get Robert Downey Jr. on. Uh, and and some Tarantino films, I'd watch them. I I would watch them for sure. Yeah. So, um, so throughout the
0: nineties, Tarantino had a number of minor acting roles, including Eddie Presley, The Colors of uh, Coloris Effects, Sleep with Me, Somebody to Love, All American Girl, Destiny Turns on the Radio, all of which I have never seen. <laughs> nope. Desperado from Dust Till Dawn, Girl Six, which was a terrible movie. Um, but. Uh, this is something that I wish would actually kind of get reprised. Um so Steven Spielberg actually had a video game called Director's Chair and, and Tarantino was in it. Um never played it, want to get my hands on it, want to give it a, a go. But uh I think I think it was a fun, fun dip in that water. So So anyway. So, Tarantino has made great films. He has made a few not-so-great films, but either way, we are stopping at Jackie Brown time frame, and uh, we'll, we'll actually dive into Kill Bill and whatnot, maybe on T or Q later.
1: Yeah, because as as much fun as this has been, and maybe this is a hot take, maybe it's not, but I feel that Inglorious Bastards is oh, his absolutely. magnum opus. That was the... The perfect Tarantino film. Oh, I thought um, it was a
0: great movie, but I wouldn't call it Magnum.
2: Opus. Well, I, I think I think and it, I don't think most people do. To me, it I encompasses mean. a version of the Dirty Dozen. If if you remember that 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 movie, yeah. But I mean, to me, that is what Inglorious Bastards like. It is the continuation or the or or the exploits of the Dirty Dozen. Yeah. So. Which I
0: think that that was uh, the first movie that he did kind of alternate history on that. And what's upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, kind of alternate history, which I'm fine with watching an alternate history movie, you know, just yeah. tweaks it a little bit, but uh, yeah. So anyway. But anyway, anyway, for Q that has been Quentin Tarantino.
2: Sarge, do you have any words? If your mother-in-law asks you to move, take Tylenol.
1: There you go. G. Mr. G, uh, watch everyone of Quentin Tarantino's movies. They're all good for some reason. Okay, and
0: uh, for me, I'm going to close out with saying, "Hey guys, uh, we're doing Extra Life again this year.
2: So <laughs> <Ha! laughs> come oh, okay. and uh,
0: pay attention. Help us. Help the kids. Help us. Help the kids.
2: We're going for a thousand dollars this year." thousand dollars big thousand dollars 000. Zero, zero zero
0: if we can't get there nobody can all right good night everybody
2: all right later
0: yeah